Welcome back to Stand with Kelly and Nikki Chivaka. Well, that was a wonderful conversation with Dr. Ben Carson. I think the part of his talk that stood out most to me was how he unexpectedly transitioned into politics. Like, I think a lot of people who get involved in politics, these kind of career politicians who've become what people would say the establishment or the uniparty, the elites, um, they probably were planning at some point to run. But it seems like he really wasn't. He walked into that National Day of Prayer of Breakfast and wasn't planning on saying any of that stuff in advance, kind of woke up that morning and had stuff on his heart to say, which was why it seemed like such an authentic, power-packed speech. <laughs> and it thrust him into the national spotlight. Um, he went from being this <clears throat> completely well-regarded, you know, the top neurosurgeon doctor in the nation to now being a what we all know as a a political force, Dr. Ben Carson, the political force, you know, candidate for president, cabinet member, now running a conservative principle, think tank, do tank. Um, I think the part that really captivated me about that is kind of like him having had these experiences of talking to a lot of people. He was compelled by the condition of people around him and the way mm -hmm. people are being affected by national policy. If you go back and listen to the speech, um, he was compelled to say something about it. And that inspired and motivated so many people that the grassroots um, moved him into a presidential spotlight. Um, I love the story about this. You know, when you asked him, what do you want to be remembered by? Um, I thought it was so gripping that he said, there's so many people out there who all think the same thing, kind of regardless of how they would identify politically. They're all thinking the same common sense things. Like, we all can figure this out. But they lack the courage. They lack the courage to stand up and say it when the president's sitting right there, right? They were so close they could touch each other. They lack the courage to do something about it. But he was so compelled by something higher than himself. There are higher principles here. There's a purpose that's bigger than himself and the comfort of you know, I've got a really good job. I've got a really good reputation. I'm not going to sacrifice any of this. I'm just going to get up and say the cushy speech everybody else says. Instead, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to put myself out there. Um, I'm going to bring criticism onto my profession, my career. His medical career is over, right? Which it was. Uh, I'm going to do something. And look at the much bigger impact he's had as a result. Um, there were a lot of people who knew about Dr. Ben Carson before. I mean, you and I knew about him because we had a friend who was there practicing medicine. But there's so many more people who now know his story and the miracles that he worked at his hands because of the bold and courageous stand that he took. But it came at a cost, right? And I think that's the part of the story that he just told that I thought was so inspirational. Yeah, and I remember... Uh years ago when my mom gave me his book gifted well, hands you still have it yeah yeah and wanted me to read it to just inspire me as to what i could accomplish if i set my mind to it and that's really the message of his uh, yeah, of his life point. is is faith and perseverance and you know commitment that if you put your mind to something you can do it um 
And so I remember even, you know, all those years ago being in, being inspired by his story. And his story continues to inspire because he he's made decisions not for self-promotion, but to build other people up, to lift other people up. You know, I when he said other people, you know, he sees people around the country who lack the courage to stand mm-hmm. up. I don't he, he wasn't saying, oh, you know, all these people are cowards. Right. What he's saying is um, they're discouraged. They're right. they're they're scared. They're intimidated. Um, and and, un- and, and understandably mm-hmm. so. If you could get canceled, if you could get kicked out of your job, if you could um, have your life threatened, like there's all kinds of nasty stuff that's coming with people disagreeing on whatever the prevailing ideology is right now that's being pushed by the media or by the establishment or whomever. And so what he and others are doing are going around to encourage and inspire Mm -hmm. and say, hey, we need that left wing and we need that right wing working together so that this eagle can soar again. Mm. And um, what that requires isn't heated ideological battles uh what it requires is just some common sense right right i mean he he kept coming back that it's common sense let's work together on common sense solutions and so you know i take from his life you know the courage to to stand the courage to uh to pivot and take on directions and avenues that you never would Mm -hmm. have otherwise anticipated doing for the sake of others Mm -hmm. right um the other thing that i took from the conversation and i and that i really appreciate about what he's doing he talked about uh aci's uh cartoon episodes and teaching different points of history to kids Mm -hmm. i remember he showed one when he was out here in alaska and i was gripped by it yeah it's really good it was fantastic and it reminded me of how important our children are Mm-hmm. That they understand that America is more than just a country. America is an idea um, that 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 we've all coalesced around. And if we lose that idea, we lose America. And the 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 Marxist push and the the sort of the critical race theory, all this stuff that's being our kids are being indoctrinated with threatens not just the future of our country it threatens their future freedom as well they don't necessarily realize it right now but it does and it really did strike me when when we were talking with him about really yeah that difference between indoctrination and education you know indoctrination tells you what to think education tells you teaches you how to think and i feel like a lot of the time our kids are just being told what to think and then they grow up you know and come out and they just spew all of this stuff that they haven't necessarily critically thought through so what he's doing with aci is not only bringing back those principles to the fore but i think it's teaching kids critical thinking again right like Mm. they're they're being told this is what america is about and they're being given opportunities to think about it and to reflect on it, like we've noticed with our, you know, with our own kids. It's opened up opportunities for conversations and questions and and all those kinds of things. And that's where really um, 
I think that the power of what he's doing in, in ACI as it relates to the little patriots mm-hmm. is, is helping kids become critical thinkers, free thinkers. Um, and that's what we want in a future generation because that's what we want to see in a future government. People who are free thinkers uh, and who believe in just those basic principles of life, liberty, uh, and who would, even if they don't have faith, at least respect the place and the role of faith in a democratic and free society, that it is an important partner without which um, the freedoms that we all have come to take for granted would be threatened. Mm-hmm. I think you make a really profound point, which is that ability to think. I have a tendency to do that. You do, <laughs> yes. Well, that's one of the things that draws me to you. Um, the ability to think for yourself through a paradigm of principles rather than to just regurgitate what the person from the front, the person from the top tells you um, is so key. So one of the things that happens in modern culture is we get a lot of these sound bites and then we're just supposed to repeat the sound bites. But if you start asking questions related to the sound bites, you'll notice that the people that you're in conversations with they can't really get more than one or two questions down. And so part of the way that you and I have developed the way we think is we've challenged each other with these questions. Okay, but what about this? And what about that? And you start peeling back the layers of the onions and we either change the way we think or we have to be able to substantiate it to say, okay, um, we think this because, and it always, this is what we call a worldview. It always has to root back to your fundamental principles. So, for example, you value freedom, then that means this. If you value life, then that means this. And to be fair, sometimes your principles will come ultimately in conflict with one another. And this is true even in our Bill of Rights. And so the the Supreme Court has had to wrestle some of these things out. That as you get closer and closer down, some of these fundamental principles are in tension with one another and you have to wrestle them out. Um, what's really concerning in this indoctrination age is we don't get any lower than the soundbite. It's like just blah. Okay, well, then what does that mean? Um, And so one of the things that we want to encourage here, like on our show and people are listening, ask the questions, go a little bit deeper. So if we're going to say we value freedom, well, then how does that apply freedom of thought, um, freedom to to challenge, freedom to question. What what does my freedom mean? And then when is freedom restricted? Because it's not just absolute freedom. So freedom has to be bound by a moral imperative. Where does morals come from? Absolute freedom would be anarchy. Absolutely. Right. Um, one interesting conversation I had with an atheist, uh, he said, you know, one of my problems is that you believe in God. I said, you believe in God too. I said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. And he said, I do. And I said, yes. Do you believe in good and bad? He said, uh, no, um, or right and wrong. He said, no, those are, you know, given by people. I said, oh, so then what Hitler did was fine? And he said, no. I said, well, th- you would say, who are you to say that, right? Because you're saying good and bad. He said, no, it was wrong. I said, well, and Hitler thought it was right. So I think it's wrong, but I have a reason to say that. Why do you think it's wrong? And I said, if you think it's wrong, then that came from somewhere. And it can't just be the moral majority at the time because that would shift. So if it came from somewhere, where did it come from? It has to come from something outside of the moral majority of the time. It has to be some something higher than us. So morality has to come from something higher than humanity, which means it comes from a higher being. Hmm. And he said, oh, I've never thought of that. 
oh. And he walked away. He's like, I have to come back and think about this. Those are the kinds of great conversations where we can all learn from each other. Right. And we need to have more of them. And without that clashing hostility that yeah. Dr. Carson was talking about. So great to have him on the show. Yes. So this has been another great episode of Stand. Remember, you have the freedom to think and ask questions, and that'll make us better citizens of the United States of America. Stand firm, stand strong. You'll find us here next week. We're on standshow.org. Also social media, Kelly for Alaska. You can find us on YouTube at The Stand Show on Rumble, Stand Show. We'll see you next week.